Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 128, and in the opening section, where I allude to the upcoming seemingly unrelated subjects to come, and finish on a funny one, which could be an innuendo, I'm going to mention snow in California, metal styles, glasses no one's heard of, and a long dick. Because that's how you start podcasts. Yep. (laughs) First up today, the greatest lies ever told. We're coming straight in with the hot topics. Um, You know when people say, nothing is impossible? absolute bullshit and i'm it's something i'm getting a bit a bit sick of because it's like you know leading on from the run fluencing thing and the whole inspiration thing which you know we're very anti-inspiration around here uh, when people they do something really good and they'll come back in the video at the end they'll be if you set your mind to it you can achieve anything you just need to believe in yourself and you know i kind of understand this thing you need to tell people this thing you need to tell kids that they can yeah they can do things that they didn't expect but to say nothing is impossible okay you are dealing with an absolute there if you said nothing is impossible that's clearly bollocks mainly when i was thinking about this i saw a documentary about a guy who did all of like the tallest peaks in the world like the 14 highest peaks in the world and like previously the record for that was like 16 years and this guy did it in seven months which like everyone in the mountaineering community said was absolutely absurd and this guy's like nothing is impossible you can do everything so i was like all right do it in seven days do it in seven hours Hmm. you know if you're going to say nothing's impossible like i said that's an absolute and if i say do it in seven hours they're going to say ah well you're just being silly now it said yeah but you said nothing if you're saying nothing you mean nothing but also it's like not acknowledging when some things are very unlikely to be successful like it's okay like lottery winners could say nothing is impossible you know we won the lottery you can do it too you get yeah absolutely but like i'm not going to run a two-hour marathon that is impossible all right that is impossible there's no amount of inspirational videos that's going to make me run a two-hour marathon that's absurd but when you say that to someone they'll say oh yeah but obviously not that but yeah, but if you're going to say nothing is impossible, you can achieve anything. Come on, you need to be you need to be a bit more realistic in your ridiculous inspiration. Definitely. Um, I've got more. I've got more today. I've got a load of written down here. Um, there's something else I said a little while ago. It ties in a bit with you know the uh, influencer chat we had before as well. There's plenty of people on Instagram who think that an attitude is a replacement for training, and I think that's very dangerous. I love that. <laughs> yeah, people who set these like enormous lofty goals and they're like, I oh, you know I just have to believe in myself. I have to get it done. There are people out there that might be fitter than me, but I know I can go the extra mile. Like, yeah, but do you? Do you though? Because you know if you haven't actually put yourself in that situation saying you can put yourself through anything is very different from actually doing it and the problem is i found this as well and i find and i found this a lot and again actually none of this is targeted this is just kind of a vibe i get from things that people send me um you spend all this time talking yourself up and you're surrounded by social media inspiration hunters it's ultimately a win-win like it's actually quite a good thing to do in a way because even if you fail you can talk yourself up you're going to do this massive thing i'm incredible this is going to be great even if you fail which you may well do if you haven't actually done the training for it you can just say ah you know wasn't my day i put myself out there uh, and it, it wasn't my day in the end it beat me and everyone then heap praise on you for making the effort and being brave and oh you know you set this goal and you did your best so even if you fail if you, you talk yourself up the right way when you fail people will still give you all the praise that you deserve and that oh, that, that annoys me yeah because the other thing is as well where they're like oh you've been brave you've done this that it is just running, even if you're doing quite ex- some, what something people would consider extreme, like you're running ultra marathons, like the vast majority of the population consider that quite extreme or whatever it might be. You're not, it is still a hobby. 
you're not brave for having a go and not finishing like you might be sad about it like when I didn't finish my 50 miler I was quite sad about it at the time I was sad because I was really unwell and delirious so I posted a picture of myself like pretty much crying at the side of the road Mm. but you know no one this just shows the sort of people that I have following me in a good way but no one's like oh you're so brave for starting because like it's not I just had a go like it's it's not deeper than that I don't understand this narrative of yeah just put yourself out there it it just seems so disingenuous in a way and like and and what did failing do I mean you didn't you didn't lose anything no you you gave someone a call and they come and picked you up in a car yeah 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 and you didn't get a medal at the end yeah if I'd gotten lost and I had to fight for my life and (laughs) kill a rabbit and eat a rabbit raw you know, and make a little tent out of that little foil blanket you carry with you. You know, maybe people could say I was brave then, but not, you know, I was on a course, people knew where I was, didn't manage to do it, someone came and picked me up, bit sad I didn't finish, but relieved that I was, it was, like, it wasn't that deep, even for something that a lot of people would consider quite extreme, it's not that deep, you know? Yeah, and it's the other thing about this is... Um, you know the event itself the the event is always built up this is the thing i'm going to do and like obviously something like the dragon's back obviously is very very hard but probably what is harder in a way is a year of training like a year of actual training getting up at five in the morning doing 25 miles up the mountains for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks when you don't want to that is so hard Mm -hmm. and that is probably harder than the event itself over a long period of time mm. so just to say oh, i'm just going to do it on the day i'm going to get there and i'm going to do the event it's you know the training is so so important mm-hmm. and just going off because yeah, again even more and this is going to be a slightly controversial one which is which is fun <laughs> this is a trend i think and it's if you attach yourself if you're running you attach yourself to a charity you can do or say anything you want with impunity because you're doing it for charity. Now, big uh, big disclaimer straight away. This is definitely not every charity runner. I know we're clearly right in the middle of a you know, marathon training season and there'll be a lot of people here running for charities. That is good. You are good people doing it for good reasons, I'm sure. This is very much edge cases. This is definitely people on the extremes and those get really, really amplified on social media. So it's those real edge cases that are noisy that we hear a lot about. Now, and what I mean, again, it's like I said before, you can set any kind of insane goal you want, do any level of training. But most importantly, if you attach a story or a narrative to every single run you do, and these runs are always described as steady as well, you know, it's on Strava. It's always a steady run, um, no matter the distance or the pace. And this way of running just becomes really obsessive because you run to share. You do the run. There's a story because, oh, this has happened. This has happened. But I did the run and then I felt better and everything's great. And I've had a terrific run. It was great, steady run. Yeah. And it it becomes a bit obsessive. But I think, you know, unfortunately, a lot of running is just running. It really is. You can't you can't enjoy every run. You cannot. Every run cannot be magic and rainbows. And, oh, it made me feel better. And now I feel great because a lot of running, if you're doing it a lot if you're training for something very serious to really push yourself i don't think you should enjoy a lot of those runs you shouldn't enjoy you know oh okay maybe a majority but there's a decent amount of those you are not gonna enjoy because you just have to do them if you want to train properly Hmm. and i don't think there's much to say about most normal runs and everyone who says every run is amazing and positive it just feels a bit dishonest to me Hmm. um again i'm really apologizing to all those people who actually really enjoy running um (laughs) At the same time, like throwing in one video in 50 
where you have a little cry and say everything is hard might get you praise for honesty but when you look at the whole series of videos it just feels a bit exploitative it's like oh if i throw in a crying video i'll get some likes and people will be like oh but they're real really mm. Mm. yeah well those people on instagram those run fluences on instagram that post paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs after every yeah. run like i i like taking pictures so I probably post pictures every time I run, but I'm like, I saw a horse and that's it. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like trying to no, be there's, inspirational. There's a photo of a horse and of course, you always have to say, made a friend. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw a horse. <laughs> yeah, love it. But I'm not going to post paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs about my run. It doesn't no. mean that much, does it? It was just a run. You yeah. just went for a yeah. run and it was nice. And I saw that's a fine. horse. That's fine. That's normal. Yeah, yeah. And another thing <laughs> about charity runners Unless it's a weird, stupid record attempt, how come people never attach times to charity races? It is always, I will complete a half marathon or a marathon or an ultra, or I'll do this many marathons in this many months. No one ever says I'm going to run a PB for charity. And I think I would respect someone more for saying they wanted to take 20 seconds off their mile PB than just jog around their 25th half marathon. This is where I feel like a real dick. Now, I don't want to say a marathon is easy because it's clearly not. Completing a marathon... I would say is doable for most runners. Not in a good way. I know, you know, no one's, you know, a lot of people aren't going to enjoy that, that marathon if they're just grinding it out. And it might be 12 hours, but like walking for that time and distance and grinding it out is something I think most runners could do if they absolutely had to, you know, put aside people with like long-term injuries and niggles, things like that. Most people, I think possibly even most people you see on the street, if they had to, could walk for 10 hours straight and do a marathon. So again, I'm not talking anyone down. I'm not saying if you think this isn't possible for you or people that are working really, really hard at the moment for their marathon. But I bet you know someone who has finished a big race like a marathon and all they talked about is how little training they did. We all know people that have done that. We've all seen the posts. Ha ha, didn't do any training for this, but managed to do this marathon. Mm-hmm. And I just think if you're aiming to get to the finish line with no time in mind, that is doable on minimal training. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is because we've seen the people that do it. But running for a fast time is not. You can't do that on minimal training. You can't blag that. You can't just, oh, I'm just going to go out there and just crack out a PB on no training. It can't be done. So I just think charity runners need to up your game a little bit. If you're going to run a marathon, fine. But run a marathon in this time. Do the work for six months because, you know, uh, you know, that part of training for a race is training for a race. It's not just the event in three months' time. That's just a thing on its own that happens. It's a whole lead-up to that. And loads of people are fantastic. Loads of people are really good at this. They put loads of stuff online. I've got some friends at the moment who are fundraising, and they're doing uh, lots of posts about the running that they're doing, and they are showing that they are doing the work. And that's what I, I think that's what I like to see, is people that are doing the work in the lead-up. It's not a single event. There's a whole load of stuff that goes into it, which in many ways is harder. And that's kind of what I like to see. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think as well what are you sponsoring people for so i see people that have entered their first marathon or maybe they're doing london um or whatever and they're they are training and you can mm-hmm. see every week they're posting stuff and then they're posting their donation link like i totally get that awesome because yeah. you can see how much of their time they are dedicating into putting this yeah. ta- and a first ta- marathon is hard yeah and i think that's like how things used to be more so maybe more so for the days of social media as well if you were doing something for charity you do a lot of training around it and you do your sort of publicity around that training you do things like host your quiz nights or whatever to raise money alongside mm. that like all these things whereas i think nowadays a lot of people not everyone but a lot of people are just post on social media oh i'm doing this thing and like you say they hardly do any training and then they just want 
money from people donate for charity. It's like, okay, but what are we donating for for a day? For, for something yeah. you've done in a day? Like, it's, it's far better to show how much time and energy you've dedicated to training to doing for doing something, you know, yeah. not half-arse it. Yeah, I'm doing this half marathon. I'm like, yeah, but you did six of those last year. That's not... That's the other thing. Like, yeah. you're doing your yeah. first marathon. That's something you might not be able to do. Yeah. That's really putting yourself out there. That's doing something hard that you might not be able to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And that's the other thing. When people are always running marathons and always raising money, and it's sort of you get a bit of fatigue sort of giving people money for yeah, things, especially yeah. if you've done it loads of times before. Like set yourself a bigger challenge. Set something that's actually going to challenge you. Don't like a PB or some other sort of event. Don't just ask us to give money for something you do anyway. That would be like me going, oh, give me, um, I'm going to raise money running 10K. Like I can run 10K. Of course I can. It's not going to be a challenge. Yeah. You know, but I said, oh, give me money and I'll run 10K in 45 minutes. You know, that's. Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> no, I mean nothing's but, impossible. No, nothing's impossible. I've always yeah. thought, to be honest, I've always thought we had an, have an odd relationship with charity, where someone's like, "Will you give money for this for this charity?" And you're like, "Nah, I don't know." Oh, I'm going to do something difficult or inconvenient. Oh, in that case, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do something inconvenient, then I'll give money to a different. Cha- it's a it's an odd it's an odd way to give money yeah. to charity, and it's kind of almost worrying that that's what they have to rely on to get money. Yeah. We have to I- do odd things. The few times I've used those charity websites, I'm not quite sure how they work and stuff anyway. Like, I'm not really sure how much of a cut they take and things like that. It's probably in the T's and C's, but I'm always a bit like, hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always a bit concerned about that. <laughs> There's a controversial start to this podcast. Again, I'm, yeah. I've really tried to not be a dick about it, and I hope no one feels uh, targeted or singled out by it. But yeah. as I said, I'm talking, they are, as I said, like extremes that get amplified on social media. Just kind of, yeah, the way I kind of see things. So I apologize if we have uh, annoyed anyone, but would love to hear people's thoughts on this as well. And I will say the vast majority of people, I think everyone I follow that I know on my social media stuff that are runners, when they're raising money for charity, they're doing it in the way I said, sort of, they're, they're training. And then they're talking, yeah. and they're also talking about the cause that they're raising for. Like they'll train and they'll post something about it, and they'll talk a little bit about the charity rather than just like a copy and paste from the charity's website. They'll say why it's meaningful to them or whatever it might be, which I also think is important. But but yeah, so <laughs> from my perspective, I'm definitely not targeting anyone I follow because I haven't really seen any of those sort of glory hunters. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I've definitely thought about recently. I've I respect the work that goes in a lot more recently. Mm. I think you know events are one thing but when you see runners doing the work in the lead up to it yeah. that's what i enjoy more i like yeah. that and it's great to get a result it's great to get something to hang on on the end but to see those months and months of hard runs and those mm. shit runs that they haven't enjoyed but are necessary that's what i like to see mm. and that's why i was going to i was thinking i was toying with the idea of raising money for charity when i did the slam last year thank god i didn't um <laughs> would have been disastrous uh but yeah I, I, in my head give, I also it, give thought, all that money back yeah and i thought about the time i need to dedicate to to the fundraising element of it which is you know when i'm doing the runs sort of publicizing whatever cause i was raising money for and, and why it matters rather than just like posting a link or whatever do you know what i mean so yeah, it's hard seemed, work yeah. yeah i didn't want to do it and just like post a link and say oh yeah i'm doing this like if i do end up raising money for charity for anything that i do it will be you know with a proper effort put in <laughs> and i tell you what uh, if people are training at the moment and they're raising money for charity drop us a message 
send us your sponsor link we'll share it and we'll donate you a bit of money just to apologize for massively insulting you in the last 10 <laughs> minutes or so yep <laughs> and it, but don't don't be spreading this outside this podcast okay it's for you the people that are listening the good honest people that are listening and i'm saying this is by the way this is march 2024 if you're doing this way in the future you ain't getting any money from us but yep. people that are doing it now uh, just for you guys that are actually listening in this month uh, let us know and we'll give you a little bit of a boost Mm-hmm, uh, anyway let's move on and actually most of the responses we had to the last episode they come later on in this one so let's move straight on to the tea update yes Ooh. we are partnered with bird and blend tea and which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking if you like the sound of it you can go to runningsbs.com forward slash tea click on the links and buy some tea if you want we had a message from vicky cousins and she says i am blaming you guys for me being a tea snob i was already a coffee snob and i don't like normal tea it smells weird and it tastes weird however the flavors of bird and blend teas lured me in now myself and my other fiance other fiance <laughs> interesting this is a whole story there uh, let's get into that later uh drinking loose leaf tea every day i ordered her the valentine set as an excuse to order more and got myself the strawberry nutella pancake tea it smells awesome and tastes good too also got my sister on board and a work colleague tea snobs all around oh mm. see we get you eventually yeah you better be sending our link or affiliate link to them yeah yeah please do that yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean even if you're a coffee snob we will slightly forgive you for that mm. uh for getting into the tea amy what are you drinking for this episode uh, i've actually drank all of it now going after that um after that very long intro <laughs> ramp um i have been drinking i'm still on i'm still on my matcha advent calendar today i opened one that i, I felt like today i've been naughty this weekend so i had to give myself punishment so i opened up the mince pie one which i knew i wasn't gonna like because i don't like mince pies <laughs> It was okay. It was okay. It was kind of like almost. <laughs> it was kind of almost chai. So, so there was a bit of yes, you might imagine, vibe, like a bit of a spice in there. So it wasn't. I could drink it, and it was okay. Not my favorite, obviously. And I will say, not because it's bad, but I don't like mince pies. So a bit of punishment for myself there. You know, a bit of a bit of punishment. I I do that. Speaking of coffee, I do that with my coffee. Like, if, if I feel like I don't deserve it, I don't put any milk in my coffee. I just have it black. Like, <laughs> that's a serious coffee. And then if it's uh, if I've been good, I put a bit of milk in, maybe a bit of sugar as well, and that's a that's a fun coffee. As get a the syrups, get the creams yeah. on there, everything. Yeah. So this was a this was a serious matcher. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> for you. Uh, I've got an entirely useless recommendation because I'm still drinking spiced pumpkin tea, and they won't be selling that again until about September or something. But basically, any spicy tea is always good you know i like those any spicy black tea uh, have a go at runningisbs.com forward slash tea buy some tea if you want you could buy yourself some punishment tea as well if you buy yourself some punishment tea yeah find the tea that you like the least yeah and buy some of that and uh, have that when you don't deserve it yeah <laughs> oh, you bad bad what, person what a narrative yeah. amy what are you up to uh so um so i was supposed to go rad around the lakes yesterday didn't go spoiler alert didn't, didn't go, go. I, I hadn't really trained much so i was already feeling a bit stressed about it and um i've mentioned this before but i only passed my driving test in october which is however many months ago not many months ago and i was planning on driving up and down in the same day so i was like oh that's like the longest i've driven um so that was a bit stressing me out i was like oh god drive all the way up there like two or just under two hours run 18 miles which i'm not prepared to do quite fast because it's like a quite a fast race so it won't be like a nice little stroll and some faffing there will be there will be stress involved getting around that course in time um and then i have to drive all the way back so i was already a bit stressed about it then i saw the weather forecast and 
the race on Facebook was saying they might cancel and the day before, the Friday before, they were going to go inspect the course and see if it was safe to run on. And I was like, please just fucking cancel it. Um, they didn't cancel. They've gone ahead. And I could see the weather forecast and I could see it was looking really cold and I could see that the temperatures were below zero and the fact that it had been raining and I thought, hmm, I feel like it might be a bit icy. There was potential for snow. And I knew I was being a wimp, but I was like, I just don't fancy trying to drive up there as a new driver um, in potential snow, in potential ice. I'm just going to not do it and, yeah, just not do it. And, uh, and I was feeling a bit like, have I been a wimp about this? Should I have gone up? And then I saw people's videos and pictures from the morning trying to get up there. And I'm quite glad that I did. It looked, it looked grim. It starts two yeah. or three hundred metres up in mid Wales and it's... Yeah, it's 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 very different weather when you get a little bit high like that, yeah. and it, yeah, it looked nasty. I did not fancy that one. Yeah, and there were a lot of people. I mean, I don't know whether the route I would have gone would have been okay driving up there, but I don't know. But I saw lots of people on the Facebook page being like, "We've had to turn around and go home because we just can't, yeah. we can't get up there." Um, Jen Danger Harding, friend of the podcast, um, she was running it as well, so I was supposed to meet her up there, but um, obviously I didn't. She was also like wondering whether she should or shouldn't, like didn't really know. Uh, she decided to do it in the end because she went off with a friend who convinced her no no we're up here now you've got to do it she was staying for the weekend they're like you've got to do it and she said it was absolutely horrendous and there was pretty much a <laughs> blizzard for the first six kilometers which would have been yeah i've heard it was pretty much a white out for a lot yeah. of it yeah. yeah she said it was like i messaged her the morning of and i was like 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 an hour before and i was like good luck um and then I text her when I assumed she might have finished. I said, I hope it went okay. I didn't hear anything until about 3 p.m. And she just put, mate, <laughs> mate. <laughs> she was like, it was horrendous. It was awful. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't go. It was probably the yeah. right decision to make. And I was kind of relieved. I went for a run nearby to where I live and I could see snow on the hills, even like down here so yeah yeah i was uh, finding that yeah you could see up yeah if you were anywhere a little bit high up and you could see up to the hills in kind of uh the beacons yeah you could see this actually even below that in the valleys yeah, you could see yeah, snow yeah, on the yeah. hills that's what i could see and I, I knew i'd have to be driving up through the beacons and the valleys to get there and i was like oh, i'm glad yeah, I it was only about i think the snow line was only about 200 meters 250 okay. meters or something so yeah it was you would have been in snow for a lot of that yeah 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 not yep. worth it <laughs> nope not at all um but before that so the week before uh, me and Jen decided to do well we attempted to do a 16 mile <laughs> training run for a ride around the lakes um, and I stole a really nice circular route from our previous guest Ben Jones up in the Dare Valley which is in Aberdare um, I love that uh, feature of Strava I think it's only available on the paid for Strava but you can take other people's routes like I have so many mm. people's routes saved um, so yeah I downloaded this 16 mile circular route it had been, as everyone knows, who's living in the UK at the moment, absolutely pissing it down continuously. I mean, it's lovely sunshine today, but it's been pissing it down for years now, hasn't it? Um, yeah. And that day was no exception. Absolutely pissing it down. I got the train up there because there's like a direct train up to Aberdeer from where I live. And um, I got soaked even just going to the train, like absolutely soaked. I just jogged over to the train and the rain was so hard that my waterproof, by the time I got to the train, which is a mile away, the train station from where i live my waterproof was no longer waterproof even at that point it was cool. that horrible like heavy rain sat on the train for an hour still hadn't dried out properly so it was that horrible thing of when i got there i was already wet before starting the run itself yeah. love that um so <laughs> we attempted this route it looked like a really nice route despite it absolutely pissing it down being really windy 
we only made it four miles when we got to this this river that was you know, you know when the rivers like when they say like the river's raging that's what it was doing yeah. it was raging it was raging it was raging absolutely fuming <laughs> it, it was just yeah you could see there was obviously a bit where you're supposed to walk across like a concrete bit that i'm sure in the summer is maybe even dry but you know it's I, ben texted me afterwards and said oh that was just a a stream when i did it which was uh, a few few weeks before that he'd done it but it wasn't. It was. It was fast, and I put a video on my Instagram because Jen, Jen's typical Jen. That's why her middle name's Danger. Was like, oh yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, we did share it. that on the Instagram on the stories yeah. of you guys trying to cross that, and you're like, yeah. no, come on. She's like, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> so what I didn't capture because I, I turned my phone off, um, and, I'm, and I'm glad that I took the video rather than doing it live because people must have. If I'd just done it straight onto Instagram rather than upload it afterwards, I bet people would have thought we were dead. Um, which nearly happened. So Jen got to the middle of this crossing and at this point, and the water's flowing so fast and it's almost up to her knees. She she was looking back at me, it's fine. I'm like, she's like, it's fine, it's fine. She attempts to go a little further because she was turning back and going, are you going to come? And I'm like, I'm going to wait till you get across, I think. Um, And she turned around and she took one more step forward and I just saw like her face just completely drop and she was like, this is not okay. Like yeah. she, the fear in her eyes, because I think she could feel the water like slowly Oof. starting to take her legs away. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I was like, just come back. You come this far. You can, you can come back. Just come back. And we managed to get her back. But in that moment, just the fear in her eyes in the middle of this like raging river that's literally up round her knees was ridiculous. And we should have known better really than to even attempt it. Um, we thought we'd try and carry on. So we there was a path going along the side of the river. So we followed that down and we hoped that maybe there'd be another crossing or something, like an actual bridge or maybe just somewhere else we could cross. Got to another bit where we attempt I attempted this time to walk across. But it was one of those things where like the stones were really slippery as well. This wasn't a concrete thing. It was stones underneath. Um, so I got up to my knees and it started getting faster. And I was like, no, this isn't worth it. This really, really isn't worth it. Like one wrong step and we're being like, yeah, we're going. Yeah. We're being like, you're going to have to come back across it later on as well. Yeah. And I, and I thought afterwards as well, because like I said, it's only four miles in. So I was thinking, but even if we got across this one, who's to say there isn't another one further down or something? Yeah. We'd only sort of get trapped and have to come back across. So in the end, yeah, we decided to turn back. And I managed to slip over quite spectacularly in a field for the sheep um, and properly skid. Like there was a skid nice. mark on the floor. <laughs> so it's one of those things where um, I slipped. I wasn't even running. I was walking at this point. I slipped. My feet went from beneath me, slipped over. And then I skid down down the field a bit as well. So it was quite quite spectacular. Excellent. Yeah. And the sheep obviously tried not to laugh because they know your reputation yeah. and thought, well, yeah. we don't want to mess with her too much. Yeah, exactly. And it was that part, for anyone who's done the Celtic races before, it's that part where there's also a sheer drop on one side. So this field is like right on the edge of, a, of the valley and there's just a sheer drop on the other side. So, um, so yeah, that was a bit gnarly down there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, again, that video, I, I watched it and like you are talking to Jenny, like, are you okay? And she's like, she just, I think on the video, she just has to go, it is quite strong. Yeah. And like the thing is up to just blow your knees. That is more than enough to take you off your feet. It doesn't feel like it should be because you think, well, you know, your legs are quite skinny and it's not you know, walking go around that surely. But no, that can knock you off your feet. Yeah, quite easy. I think it's only like a foot of water. You can float a car so that yeah. can take you off your feet easy. Yeah. And, and the first crossing, 
I think we thought it might be okay because it was like a solid thing underneath. But as soon as it started, yeah, getting up to her knees, and it was the middle bit, which is obviously the fastest flowing bit. Yeah. And it was like, nah. And I was thinking, how am I going to get across? Like, I'm a good few inches shorter than Jen. Yeah, like, yeah with no poles, that's, yeah, it's not Yeah, it, that's the other thing as well. So, um, and even, like I say, even if we got across, doing the full 16 miles would have been a bit grim. Cause, but, but it was, it seemed like a nice route and I'd love to go back. There was this amazing bit of trail just before we got to the river. And it was like, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. It was on the side of a, it was a tree line on the side of the field and the, the trail cut through the tree lines. So you're not in the woods. It's a tree line between mm. two fields. And they just sort of arch over the trail. And the trail itself was quite dry compared to all the other mud. And it was mm. like that really soft sort of mud underneath with um, all like pines and stuff in it. And it was yeah. quiet. And it was like this gentle downhill. Yeah, that's nice. And it was really nice and magical. And then we had to walk up, walk back up <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. So nice uh, I would like to go back when it's dry because it seemed like a nice route if we weren't mm. cut off by, uh, by a raging river. Yeah, February in the UK has been horrific. I think Cardiff had the record amount of rain for February with about 10 days to go in February. It was so bad and it's just everywhere has been awful. We've had um, lots of folks from Gabby Nair doing her beaver challenge and it was actually muddy this year after being completely dry last year. She has had uh, a marathon's worth of mud and I think everyone everywhere has just had a horrible time trying to run this month. So well done to everyone doing their doing their marathon training and anyone trying to do trail runs this this month it's not mm. been great yeah i'm just getting sick of my feet being wet all the time and trying to dry yeah. shoes off and also rinsing shoes off because they're, they're like fucking bogging absolutely disgusting and you mm-hmm. rinse them off and then yeah you put them back on and they're still wet yeah oh that is the worst feeling oh, and i've been doing it like when i'm going to work as well and put my coat on it's still slightly wet i'm like oh my god oh. gross anyway speaking of mud what have you been up to I've had some mud cross country again last one of the season and I actually had a race on this time because there was four of us from our club doing this one and one of the other guys in the one of the whatsapp groups I mean he he came out directly said I want to beat the other guy so I'm like obviously I always want to beat everyone else mm-hmm. um, and like none of the fast boys were there so it was good it was a quite an even uh, on paper quite an even one and he had said he wants to beat everyone so I was like right here we go tell put the young lads in their place mm-hmm. um, uh, cross country at Pontypool Park so much mud again similar to Margaret park a few weeks ago this was a much hillier route with some horrendous camber as well so much of it you'd like run up a hill then turn a corner so there'd still be as much hill but you're running across it instead of up it or down it mm-hmm. and there was just some sections that i know people were like literally running into trees or they had to use a tree to stop themselves from falling all the way down a hill because mm-hmm. at one point i cut across this muddy section i thought right i cut across to i think there might be some grip at the bottom there but I went across and I just kept going and kept going. And I can't, I can't stop myself going down this hill. And uh, was, there was some people the other side of the tape and I slipped. And at one point they all jumped back because they thought I was about to take them out. Oh my gosh. Um, it, was, it was so hard. Horrible course. Um, really hard work. Um, the four of us at the start line who said, right, okay, we'll, we'll run together where we can. You know, we'll work together, see if we can help each other out. That lasted until the first corner uh, where we completely lost each other and didn't see each other for the rest of the race apart from... To, to cross over and uh, but did a couple of high fives on some of the uh, Aaron backs which is quite nice and good news I beat all the younger lads and I think I'm pretty sure they are all faster than me in a straight line in a normal race mm-hmm. but the, the the wise old man experience of mud and hills mm-hmm. helped me out so I was very very pleased with that I'm fitter than I was last year and I did this course three minutes slower than I did last year so it was a lot lot harder um 
Shout out to Jonathan Carter, who came up to see me. I think first time we've actually managed to meet each other. I think we've just meet, missed each other a couple of times. Mm. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, thank you very much for you for coming over. Uh, the man who saved Pippin's life in Wentwood Forest. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amy had entirely forgotten who you were. Sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? I, I do know. It wasn't that I've forgotten Jonathan You would have recognised the dog, wouldn't you? No, I would have recognised him. And I think we follow each other on Instagram now. I think I've blocked the memory of losing Pippin out oh, okay. of my mind. It was so traumatic. So I've just put the two and two together because I do, I do, I would recognise John Carter if I saw him. But, um, but yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, Pippin's rescuer, Pippin's hero. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, thanks for coming. I hope you enjoyed that as well. Uh, the next day, uh, this morning, went for another trial run in the mud with hills again it wasn't a race at least but god again that was something we say we need to stop doing these episodes on sunday evenings and afternoons because i'm just fucking knackered again so I'm trying to get through this uh, as best i can then i can go to bed again so that'll be nice yes. this again running in all this mud this month has just been so hard can't wait for what three four weeks time it'll get a bit warm we can complain about that instead i keep scrolling oh. through my weather app like scrolling along seeing when the rain stops it just doesn't yeah it just, just doesn't, doesn't stop and everywhere's fucking flooded and gross and just i hate it absolutely yeah. hate it i know i did the green man ultra last year in summer uh one of the reasons i didn't do it the winter version because i've seen some of the photos and it's just happened again and i've seen some of the photos and people are literally wading up to their waists oh God. i know that sounds dramatic and it you feel like that's great no no people are up to their waists mm-hmm. in water and like the uh, rivers burst its banks i don't know why they didn't go around frankly these people have just gone straight through and it's yep. just like i would not be wading up to my waist in an ultra like in a 10k yeah i would because it'd be funny but when i'm out for the rest of the day no. good for you hardcore people because i would not be doing that that's why i did not do the winter version of that race it looks awful um if anyone has done awful awful races this uh month please let us know about them if you want to support us doing shit races you can donate money to our patreon um and we'll sing you a song which has your name in great max carnage said had to pause the patreon song to come here to say that whilst amy has clearly never heard sophie ellis bexter sing murder on the dance floor she clearly received the salt burn note loud and clear when she got to a certain patreon supporter's name yeah, thank you. That was harder. I don't want to, no pun intended, maybe pun intended. That that song was harder than it it sounded <laughs> to get in time. No, to be fair, it did sound very difficult <laughs> the way you did it. <laughs> uh, Victoria Dick also messaged to say that is the longest dick we've had for a while. Hey. Uh, which to which I say, speak for yourself. <laughs> Let's hear the song this month and see how long the dick is this time. One, two, three, four, five, five, six. Nicky Jones, Francis Howell, Tom Alcock, Jay, Claire Dina, Tony Howells, AP Victoria Cousins, Spencer Aldred, Andy Robbins, H. Amanda Murray Heim, Matt Garner, Anthony Howe, Lynn Martin, Sophie Jakes, Debbie Hurley, Elizabeth Chapin, Bernadette McCarthy, James Lambert, Daniel Braun, Cadet Begale, Hardman Karen, Hacking Jewel Running, Adam Baker, Carol Ryder, Neil Denton, Catherine Fenton, Claire Davis, Steve Robson, Noms Dawson, Madrin, Stewart, Stevens, Paul Hibbert, Rich Skirm, Derry, Karen Hamilton, Heather Everard, Matt, Jesse, Yoski, Sherry Grubbs, Ivor Hewitt, Sherry Kinnison, Leewood, Brian Simpson, Cheryl Current, David Yellow, Mac Tito, 
Karen, play shambolic adult. Dawn Shepherd, Martin, Jersey, J. Howells, Penny, Simpson, Gale, Seal, Ian Thompson, Nikki Genders, Gordy, Felwell, Clark, Gilmore, Liz, Reese, Leyline, Maria Wicks, Luke, Daniel, Martin, Kaplan, Alice Newstead, Jason Spinks, Charlie Neverson, Jonathan Carter, Angela Foster, Swales, Carl Fleming, Matt Lees, Aaron Shaw, Rachel Bendy, Julia Page, Jenny Tamasebi, Andy Nichols, Raymond Quinn, Matt H. Gregory C. Sophie Nichols, Matt Burroughs, David Owen, Ruth KP, Vicky Robin, Victoria Magnus McAffin, Rachel Bullmore, Ian Hales, Gabby Thomas Nayer, Sandra Heinzer, Kiara Evans, Larry Warren, Matthew Berry, Lisa Gibbon, Victoria Dick. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. Somebody's done that has said hello from California. God. Ooh. Ooh. You have to be impressed by California. International. Very exciting. She says, I love the podcast and very much appreciate the Kvetch Fest every show. Kvetch isn't a word we use enough, is it? Is it Yiddish? I think so. Something like that. What does it mean? Uh, it just means to complain persistently, it's, or it can be used as a noun, as a person who complains a great deal. Amy, you're such an old kvetch. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I need to get, I need to use much more Yiddish slang in my life. I feel. Yes. Yeah. They have they have words for very specific things that. I oh think yes. Is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Erica says, "I thought I'd write in with my running BS story to contribute. Thank you very much. I'm training for my first ultra. Thank you to Amy for being an ongoing inspiration. That if you can do it, we can too." <laughs> Which, bit of a backhanded compliment, which yeah. is our favourite kind. Yes, yeah, if love Amy it. Amy can do it, God. Uh, you know what? People have said that to me in real life as well. <laughs> <laughs> they were, don't, don't want to sound funny, but I saw you did that, and I thought, well, why can't I? Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> That's a different type of inspiration, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Eric said the uh, training plan had been the longest run of 22 miles scheduled for a weekend would be out camping. No problem. Only an hour away was a lovely trail network in the start of the Sierra Nevada mountains. Great elevation gain for training purposes. Sounds perfect. Start out on this new to me trail. Lovely scenery, but fail to realize when the route has five and a half thousand feet of elevation gain, but starts at 2000 feet and Southern California has had an unusual amount of rain recently. It is no longer rain at that elevation. I got maybe five miles up the mountain before the only way I could follow the trail was due to some dirt bikers who had ploughed a tiny path through the snow. And at six and a half miles, they had evidently decided to head back down the mountain because there was no more trail to follow, just snow. Uh, She did attach a picture for reference and says, maybe I'm just an inexperienced SoCal resident, but I don't see any trail here, just slope mountain and fallen trees. Nah, that's runnable. There's a path there, definitely. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Uh, on top of that i didn't have any gore-tex shoes because why would you in southern california Uh, i was starting to run out of nutrition since the way up was so much harder than anticipated and my water tasted funny (laughs) i cut my run i mean water always tastes funny in a bottle because your bottle is always full of mold so that's fine yeah you're always like microdosing black mold aren't you when you're drinking water yeah that's fine I cut my run short and headed back down the mountain falling once i reached dirt so it hurt way more than if i'd fallen (laughs) in the snow Despite all the other things that went wrong, I'm convinced the real culprit of my failed run was the damn snow. I don't know how you guys do it in part of the worlds with weather and snow on a regular basis, but kudos to everyone out there. As far as I'm concerned, snow is bullshit. Cheers, Erica. 
Well, as we heard from Amy earlier, how we deal with that is just by not doing it. Yeah, just see, look at the weather forecast and be like, ah, nah, we'll leave that, we'll leave that. And the issue is like, that looks like, I, I don't know, I don't really know my snow, but that looks like quite nice powdery snow. In a lot of places in the UK, especially down south, you don't really get much snow, so you end up with just some icy, sleety shit that you just slip around all over. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I guess the problem with that is, you could run for a mile and it would just all look exactly the same yeah. and you would never find your way back. That That is the danger, I guess, yeah, especially in the Sierra Mountains. <laughs> if you can't follow the trails, yeah, you don't want to fuck around there because they have lions there and, and... Tigers and bears, oh my! <laughs> all kinds of shit, yeah, you don't yeah. want to deal with that. <laughs> Vicky Cousins has also been in touch and said today was 16 miles of mud, glorious mud. Pleased with that, although there were BS styles, none of them were metal. Muddy wooden ones was enough, thanks. They can sometimes be just as dangerous, can't they? Not as yeah, bad as bad. metal. But, like, the muddy ones, especially when there's already a bit of mud on them as well. Um, most BS part of the race, trying to untie train laces that are covered in mud when you want to get your damp, muddy kit off to put on something warm and dry. Yes, I hate that. I hate, I hate that. I hate taking damp, muddy kit off. Sorry, I'm a little confused by that. Untying laces? Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing people do? I skipped over that bit because I thought it was a bit mad. Just Yeah, don't you just mash it? You just pull them off and then just mash your foot into it and smash yeah. the back of it to pieces when you try and put them back on. That's normal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Don't be bothering untying laces. Waste of time. Absolute waste of time. Hey, Nicola Kelly is responding to our run-fluencing chat. It says, Gah! I can't stand the reels that go, here's how I look at the start of running 20k. I then cut back to them looking exactly the same, saying, here's me finishing my 20k with a v sign emoji because that's uh, you know you have to do that don't you mm-hmm. uh, total cringe every time yep. in other news i think it was your last episode where amy talked about dangerous metal styles i found this beauty on my run this week i mean it looks glorious but now i'm f- but now i'm luckily fully educated on the imminent risks and perils of climbing such a dangerous metallic beast i approached with extreme caution fearing for my life took it slowly and treated it with the respect it deserved i'm happy to report i made it over in one piece even in extremely muddy conditions I was still alive at the end of the run and able to record my here's me finishing 20k piece to the camera v-sign emoji <laughs> thanks running is bullshit and this is a very elaborate metal style with like the step yeah. has got like it's got a, a it's got a compass on there it's got like local information about a forge in 1784 and showwoman workshop 230 paces down foundry lane mm-hmm. it's a lovely elaborate one but it would make a lovely imprint of all these words on your face when you fell on it yeah that would be a good here's me after running 20k video i i, yeah. I think the other thing is those those words do add a bit of grip i think that's a good idea to i guess the other words, word yeah you know because i'm when i was talking the other week about that style that was smooth that I mean, was yeah, where, smooth yeah if, if you put your foot on the top of that style or any of those bars your foot's disappearing yeah 100%. straight off to the side yeah and if you are looking for a PB, Andy Barr sent us just the thing you need. Never mind new shoes or a lightweight vest. What you need is sunglasses. Here's an advert with the headline, Break Personal Bests with Bisphera. Bisphera? Bisphera. Why have you come up with a name that no one can pronounce? Uh, this is a versatile frame that offers all the benefits needed for sport and life. Bisphera is designed to push your runs to the next level. How? They are sunglasses. <laughs> they they will not they they do not improve your running. No. I, I don't understand. Push your runs to the next level. I don't 
don't and get it. They offer all the benefits needed for life. So they will bring you. They will bring you water and food and shelter as well. These glasses will protect you. And what makes it even better is something I didn't notice. It's something that uh, Ben noticed uh, as well when I showed him this. Uh, in the second image on this, there's a guy looking enigmatically off camera with his glasses on. He's wearing an Oakley's hat. <laughs> I mean, come on. If you're setting up a sunglass business, don't have the brand leader logo in your photos as well come on the thing is though like these look like quite nice sunglasses that i could imagine buying but this wankery in terms of the description puts me off like sunglasses to sunglasses like tell us are they polarized that sort of thing and then just show us them because most people are going to go for sunglasses that are properly polarized and they're going to go for the look we don't need all this other stuff just give us the technical details and not the, not the made up technical details, the actual technical details. Yeah. Don't tell me it's going to make me run faster. It's no. not. That's a lie. Just show me a picture of them and then I'll, I'll say whatever I want and tell me about the UV protection from them and then I'll decide. Because they're quite nice looking sunglasses, but it puts me off. All this bullshit puts me off. Sunglasses are a big thing now, aren't they, in running? That seems to be yeah. like the new big thing to push. Like everyone needs different types of sunglasses now yeah. it's the new like carbon shoe i'm sure i was ahead of the curve because i used to always wear sunglasses when i was running but i don't i don't really do it anymore because i've just hardened the fuck up and just look i just <laughs> look at the fucking sun now and be like and you don't what? give a shit yeah and also it used to make me feel a bit dizzy as well because it used to reflect the sun uh, probably my sunglasses were just shit because i used to wear like two pound ones from primark but the sun used to as I was running, the sun would like reflect in weird ways within the sunglasses itself, which I'm sure these fancy ones don't do. You need a vice-vera like partnership yeah. or something. There. Yeah. Also, I used to look like a wanker because I'd be wearing my hat, my cap on backwards, which I just I used to keep my hair out my eyes, yeah. and then I'd have sunglasses on, and it's sort of like put your hat on forward, and then you won't need sunglasses, sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I was also quite self-conscious about that, but yeah, yeah. So, I think so you, wears... you what you're saying is you invented running with sunglasses. I did, and it, and now I've realised you're just an absolute fucking pussy if you wear sunglasses when you run. Man up <laughs> and look at the fucking sun. Sort it out. <laughs> that is the takeaway from this episode, everyone. It's the bullshit. It's the bullshit running news. It's been a slow news week. <laughs> so oh, we did so well last time. I know. And also I oh. found I found a story and I sent it to you. I'm like, did we do this last week? You're like, yep. Oh, yep. Okay. That was clearly okay. memorable. Yep, yep. <laughs> so first we have a story from the Shropshire Star. And the headline is why a quote unquote dragon, just so you don't get confused and think it was a real dragon, was seen running through fog alongside the Bridge North Bypass. Now, I'm going to throw this out there straight away and to say, was it someone just running in a costume? It was. It was. There's a great pitch, though. It's very atmospheric. <laughs> it is very atmospheric, to be fair. It's like, yeah, it's quite interesting. As you might imagine, somebody in a Don't dragon... you love how regional news can just, like, make a story out of basically anything? Yeah, yeah. But you just, you just know there'd be people on Nextdoor and Facebook being like, <laughs> did anyone see that dragon on the bypass? <laughs> And loads of people just typing in follow. Follow. Because they want to find scam. out what's going on. Yep, careful. Careful, it's a scam. Don't. Yeah, watch out. It's just kids probably trying to steal things. Yep, 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 yep. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the article reads that an unusual sight greeted early morning motorists and pedestrians on the Bridge North Bypass as one of the town's residents was getting in some training for this year's Bridge North Walk. So keen runner Dana Power, 67, has run oh, great numerous... Great name. I know. Dana Power. I know has run numerous marathons as well as the town's annual walk in fancy dress, including 
as Puff the Dragon, which I think is this this uh, outfit here, unless it's another fictional dragon. He's uh, he's sort of dressing up as. Despite suffering a heart attack in 2020, the 67-year-old continues to don the 15-kilogram dragon outfit. That is very heavy. Yeesh. And raises thousands for charity. So he is running this year's Bridge North Walk for seven hospice and has been spotted training in his dragon costume around the town over the last few weeks. That's the person I want to sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. That's putting in the work. Yeah. That is putting in the work. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was a man. It was D-A-N-A. Yeah. I thought it was like... I thought Dana Power sounds like a great comic strip name, yeah. doesn't it? I've never heard Dana or Donna. I've never heard that as a man's name. So I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. <laughs> it could be as a lot of these regional news sites, and it's probably just a typo because those do creep that's in quite what I a lot. Was, that's what I thought as well. So I went through the article, but they're, re- they're, they're referred to as he several times, but maybe it's a continuing I mean, typo. they could spell the name wrong as well. It could, could, could just be Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Love it. Sub-editing is not always uh, up to scratch on these sites, bless. Yeah, the poor, poor people have to work there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, on a, yeah, it really has been a slow news week. Uh, next story is from The Mirror. And the headline is, Joggers in Quaint Village suddenly have a very unusual running partner. Um, and this uh, very unusual running partner is a wild pheasant they have named Fez. Very much ja- Jasper Copping, 46, runs every weekday morning through Shotsham, Norfolk. And in the last two weeks noticed he wasn't alone. Joining him has been a pheasant keeping Mr. Copping's pace as he runs alongside a field on the outskirts of the village. The father of two said he wasn't the only runner to have been accompanied by the bird. He's named Fez and has spoken to others who have also become fond of him. This man from Norfolk said, I have never seen a pheasant behave like this. I first noticed him about two weeks ago keeping pace next to me in the field by the road. He has done on every run since then. I call out for him as I approach and I usually see him waiting in the undergrowth by the side of the road or on the field next to the road. That's it. That's the whole quote. The man sees a pheasant. He goes for a run and he's seen a pheasant. And I, I know I'm not, I'm no expert on pheasant behavior. I will admit that. I feel like that's just like that pheasant's field and he's making sure you're not coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what those sort of birds do. It's just like, yeah, well, all right, keep running. Fuck off. It's like when you run yeah. through a farm, and there's a collie there looking at you like, yeah, just keep moving yeah. and there'll be no trouble. Yeah. He's just escorting you away from the area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no, it's a friend. <laughs> in a village in Norfolk, that's big news. Yep, yep, clearly. Blah. Headline oh. news. <laughs> oh, yes. I love the picture of it as well. I love how grainy it is. I know that modern day technology hasn't hey, quite reached Norfolk. On the move. That is, that's on the move. He's a fast moving pheasant. Yeah, it's also like been taken on a digital camera from 2001 as well. So. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know they're still around. <laughs> anyway, Stuart, what have you got coming up next? Uh, Breck for races. Again, this is the, like the race company I'm working for now. Uh, we're out in Carmarthenshire. I'll be driving around a forest in a hire van. So what could possibly go wrong? Oh. Trying to find marshals and checkpoints and random dirt roads and try not to crash a van. That'll be exciting. How, how hard can that be? Yes. And I'll how be, about you? I'll, I'll be running away from said van because I am doing what? the... Hopefully you won't need to be in the van. <laughs> Hopefully not, no. Yeah, I'm doing the Breck for... Um, well the half marathon now i was gonna do the marathon i'd signed up for the marathon but my train's been shit so i'm like you know what i'm not even gonna put myself through that i'm just gonna do the one loop and i emailed ridge runners and i'm like please can i drop down to the half marathon if that's okay and they said yep of course that's absolutely fine you're more than welcome to that's good you know what we should mention um something we forgot last time is your plan for the year and your your slam plan has (sighs) not come quite around again yes yeah so um 
maybe I can go to this in another episode. But having like various health issues, which means my training. If you if you look at my Strava training, that graph, it is like the Patagonia um, logo. It's not good. It's not consistent. So. I just knew I was just going to struggle through the slam again, which is not what I want to do. I actually want to have like a good go at it this time. Um, so I messaged Reese Jenkins, the lovely Reese Jenkins from Pegasus, and said, "Is there any possibility of deferring the whole slam?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course you can defer this whole slam. I want you to succeed." I'm like, "What a lovely man! What a true gent!" So yeah, so I've opted to just defer the slam till next year. I, I mean, he probably put the phone down. He's like, fuck's sake, right? Yeah. I've got to do all this admin again now. <laughs> yes. I mean, God. you know, it's great as well because he's like, oh, if you want to still do some trail running, though, you can come and be a tail runner for the for some of the events. I'm like, oh. that is actually a really good idea. So I've signed up to be a tail runner um, for the Vogum, the Pigum, and the Rhythm because they're all fairly close by, um, which I think might be really cool, actually, to get So you're still going to do three ultras? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm certainly not running the whole fucking Vogum. That's one no. thing. The Pigum, maybe I'll try and run the whole thing. I don't know. See how I feel. Well, Pigum, if not, you okay. can just be at the back with the, the with the, the back run and just be yeah. like, come on, look at your come watch on. a few times, being like, God, this bit's runnable. Come yeah, on. Yeah, come on. Or Do you run, not train? Yeah, run a bit ahead and be like, come on, keep going, keep going, Jesus. We run this bit, run. we can get there before dark. God. Yeah, yeah. God. Yeah, that's I'll, the way to do it, I think. Yeah, that's that's what all tail runners should do. So yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I hadn't even thought about that. I know that Pegasus have tail runners, and Reese is just like, yeah, you just do as much or as little as you like. I'm assuming you get assigned between checkpoints, and if you want to carry on beyond that checkpoint, mm. oh, you okay. can. I assume. I don't know yet. I don't know what the crack is, but I'm assuming yeah, we'll that's what out. it's like. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But I I do have something planned for this year. Well, going into a next year, but it's top secret. Is it top secret? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, we don't. I think want, it's top secret. I don't want somebody to steal it off me. <laughs> and also, secret. it's like a year away, so let's not yeah. overegg it now. Because <laughs> what we've said in this episode, we don't want yeah. you to build that up. No, top secret. Well, you know what? At least you had a go, Amy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least I had my inspirational story. But I've got like other race stuff signed up for this year. I'm quite looking forward to um, doing some shorter trail races, sort of half marathons, marathons, and stuff. Um, I think I went in too quick back into the the slam because I was so annoyed about failing the Edom. Yeah, you told me like you weren't going to do the slam this year, uh, which you know, sorry for people that haven't caught up, but that that's six ultras in a year with Pegasus. Mm. Um, And as soon as you told me that, then you kept messaging me about I'm going to enter this marathon, and now I'm going to enter this marathon, and I've got this other marathon. I'm like, you're not taking it that easy then. No, 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 no. No, I've done. I've entered. To be fair, I haven't entered any marathons. I've entered half marathons. So okay. So yeah. So it's going to be a bit, a bit easier. And the tail run with Pegasus. That will be nice. But six ultras in six months again. It's too soon. It's too soon. It's definitely too soon. That's fair. Do some short races and enjoy them, and then you can have a shit year next year instead. Yeah, and and again, like shout out to Reese at Pegasus because they're really good with stuff like that. They're really understanding, and yeah, we like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you've enjoyed this bullshit, you can visit runningisbest.com. See our show notes, links from this episode, uh, learn all about Fez the Pheasant, and uh, the rest of the back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, our merch store, and our social medias. Thank you, and, and goodbye or something. Bye! Man up and look at the fucking sun.